0: Maura, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Sure. I'd like to begin talking about your book, The Anxious Achiever. What is the genesis of that book? Where did that undertaking come from?
1: It came from my life (laughs) as an anxious achiever. Um, Very much a book driven by my own questions seeking, frustration, you know, like I think a lot of things are. I have uh, been diagnosed with clinical anxiety since I was 19. And so my almost entire adult life has been partially about managing my mental health and mental illness, uh, while also having a big career and big ambitions.
0: Let's start generally. What is anxiety? Where does it come from?
1: Anxiety is an emotion. It Is a response to a perceived threat perceived is important here, right? You're a lawyer. So (laughs) your job is spent trying to prove is this real or not? And that's the thing about anxiety. Anxiety is different from fear or stress. Fear or stress happens when we have an external stimulus, like a truck cut in front of us on the highway. Or our boss puts a pile of papers or our professor and says, do this by tomorrow. But anxiety is an internal response. And it originated to keep us safe, right? It would teach us that if we heard a rustle in the bushes over there, that might be something that was out to get us. And so we learned to put together patterns. Maybe I should avoid that bush. (laughs) Maybe when I walk around that bush, I should be fearful and anxiety still does that today, even though most of us are not gonna get eaten by prey.
0: Now, you spoke uh, to CNBC earlier uh, in the year, I believe, and you laid out this nice formulaic three-step approach. I'm sure none of this is formulaic, right? And none of this <laughs> is, is as clear cut, uh, but you laid out this approach in dealing with anxiety. Can you talk about that a bit?
1: Um. Oh my God, I don't remember what I said. What was my three steps? <laughs> It's like,
0: well, you talked generally about how one is entrapped in, here's or her own thoughts, things of that nature, uh, to jump
1: to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that the thing about anxiety is that it is very individual to us and to our experience, and many of us react to anxiety with a series of thoughts, or we react with behaviors, right, and it's really important to understand sort of your greatest hits. I call some of the thoughts that we react to thought traps, a really familiar one to a lot of people is going to be jumping to conclusions. Another one getting stuck in imposter feelings. I don't belong here. Another one could be catastrophizing. I'm a catastrophizer. I get a piece of news that I see as bad, or I read the headlines about, the economy, and instantly I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's it, I'm going to lose my job. And so anxiety traps us in thoughts that sometimes aren't good for us. And a lot of us, when we're anxious, we also react with behaviors right? So we may get jumpy and we may want to go exercise, which can be a really good behavior. We may want to reach for the Snickers bar or for a glass of wine or whiskey, which, you know, depending on the day can be helpful or not helpful. And so it's really important to understand how you react to anxiety. And the thing is, is that anxiety is not always a bad thing. Sometimes we need anxiety and it really helps motivate us. It all depends on where and how it's showing up.
0: I want to talk to you about that. How can anxiety be a good thing? I know you've spoken about that in the past.
1: You know, anxiety doesn't have intention, right? <laughs> it doesn't try to be good or bad. It just is. Um and and you know, I think a lot of us and there's been a lot of recent scholarship on this, you know, we we like to demonize anxiety or we pathologize anxiety, but the truth is we need anxiety. Um someone told me a great story which I will butcher, but say anyway, where there were a group of soldiers during World War II who got stranded in the Alps. And they were sitting around thinking, oh my God, it's winter. We're on top of a mountain. Health, right? We're all gonna die. And one of the soldiers said, I have a map. And he pulled out the map, and lo and behold, they navigated their way to safety. It turned out the map was a map of the Pyrenees a mountain range way far to the East. What is the point of that story? The point is that anxiety fueled them to make a solution. They needed to feel anxiety. If they didn't feel anxiety, they would have all sat there and froze to death. And so anxiety forced them to come up with solution. Even if the map was wrong, they used that motivational energy to get where they needed to go. And the other point is, a saying that a lot of therapists have, which is when you're anxious, just do something. You know, so a lot of us, we get anxious, we get trapped, we're stuck in our heads, we're ruminating, we're worrying, we're fidgeting. And the key is just to sort of put that to work and do something.
0: I feel like you're reading my questions before I ask them, it's very strange. (laughs) There's a psychologist out there on the internet called Jordan Peterson. I'm sure you've heard about him in some way or another. And he talks about this make your bed kind of thing, right? That one way that young people deal with anxiety or should is that they should quote unquote make their beds, right? Become active. How common do you see that as a trend?
1: I don't really pay attention to trends and I don't have much to say about Jordan Peterson. <laughs> I think the key that I want people to know is if that they feel anxiety they should take it seriously. You know, sometimes anxiety is situational. It's about a point in time and it's good. Right before an exam, you need to be anxious. You should be anxious. Like use that anxiety, put it to work, study. And sometimes anxiety gets in the way of your life and it makes you unable to leave your room. Now, in that case, you probably can't just help yourself. You need to get help and you need to take it seriously. And the good thing is that anxiety is so common. It's the world's most common mental health condition that there's really good treatment
0: you know you wrote an article back in 2019 about this uh, Hollywood executive that's come out with depression and how that's been dealt with obviously there's a huge stigma for this kind of stuff particularly in big business and industry something that is a connection that you've drawn do you see that stigma getting better or worse or changing uh, somehow over time
1: It's definitely changing. I mean, I think that it's changing because younger generations are coming up and they have different views about mental health and that's great. I think our mental health literacy is really increasing. And I think that one of the other good things is that we're learning post-pandemic that it's okay to talk about this stuff in different contexts. You know, we really, we have to, because so many of us are affected buy it and we bring it to work to school to our love lives everywhere we go
0: you've also drawn a connection between anxiety and something called perfectionism can you talk about that a bit
1: perfectionism is um really misunderstood because in our culture we sort of lionize perfectionism you know we sort of look at people we're like wow what a perfectionist they're amazing but the truth is is that perfectionist isn't about being amazing perfectionism isn't about being amazing perfectionism is about anxiety it's about a feeling that you have that if you're not perfect if your work isn't perfect you're not worthy you're not lovable and so a lot of us anxious achievers you know we think if it's not perfect, it's not going to be good at all. We're going to get fired. We're not going to be worthy to be in the room, but that's just our anxiety talking, right? To pursue excellence, we have to get past, what if this isn't perfect? What does this say about me? And get into a willingness to sort of fail and see what happens.
0: Why did you feel a a compulsion to enter the business world in terms of dealing with anxiety on that level? Is there something that you saw? Is there something that drew you to that?
1: I mean, I just, my own experience, you know, as a business person who has anxiety talking to many other people, my experience as a writer and blogger who talked about this stuff and all the letters and outreach I would get, you know, this this stuff is extremely common. It's not unusual. In any given day, someone on our team is feeling anxious, right? And so, We have to stop treating it like something that is only appropriate to talk about a couple times a year on an awareness day or like it's different.
0: You've often talked about the desire to find motivation, right? Mm -hmm. As a way to combat anxiety, or at least as a way to kind of get going and combating it. How does one do that? How important is it to do that?
1: It's really important and it's really hard. (laughs) You know, I, I think anybody who's felt really, really anxious or depressed, you know, who's just felt sad or lost, you know, finding that motivation is the hardest thing to do. And so it's really a practice, but when you can tap into your motivation and even more so your values, you can work past the fear. And again, this is work that you may not be able to do yourself. You may have to bring a mental health professional along or someone to help you. There's no shame in that, right? But when you're able to tap into your values, why am I here? I had a fear of flying for many years and it was always, why am I on this plane? I can't go on this trip. I'm going to crash. I'm so anxious. But I would tap into those values, into that motivation of like, I've just support my kids, I have a business to run, I have people who depend on me that I could get on that plane.
0: How important is it to set goals for yourself, right? In trying to find a way to navigate out of something like this.
1: I mean, I I think goals are useful, but they can also be used as a tool to punish yourself, you know? I mean, if you're setting goals that are just unachievable and that perfectionism kicks in, then you're just beating yourself with a stick and that's no good. So I think that goals can be useful, but I think it's really, really important (laughs) to set them objectively and not randomly based on your own perfectionism.
0: Talking about mental health kind of more generally, how have corporations and how has big business over the past several years done either a good or a bad job in adjusting to its employees' uh, mental health issues, struggles?
1: I mean, I think companies are evolving, right? And I think that companies are hearing loud and clear from employees that mental health is important. Not only that, study after study shows that our work is the number one thing that affects our mental health and often not in a good way. And so I think companies understand that it's imperative to address this. And that's a good thing.
0: When you tour the country, when you speak to people of different age categories, different groups, what ages does anxiety affect the most? Is it a consequence, in other words, of the time that we live in, social media, other pressures that are put into place to hurt people in some way?
1: That's, I think that's just a really complicated answer that no one, certainly not me, has (laughs) the answer to. People have felt anxious for millennia. (laughs) It's the human condition. And part of what I want people to understand is that we all feel anxious for different reasons. Social media makes some of us anxious. It makes others of us not anxious. And it's okay to be anxious. The key is to get help and to understand why. I don't really like to put Broad causes behind anything because I just I don't think the data is there. Although I there is obviously strong data that shows that social media and young people can have really really poor effects on mental health.
0: Is anxiety the same thing as a response to bullying for younger people in high school, even college, perhaps?
1: Well, I mean, I think as if you are bullied, you probably feel anxious, right, because you're anticipating hurt yeah
0: we spoke earlier a bit about going down the worst case scenario kind of hole in your head uh when i talk to folks that's very commonly something that i hear what can people do do you think to address that
1: um practice get therapy use tools that's a thought trap right if you're anxious your brain might go to the worst case scenario. That's called catastrophizing. And that might even be a habit that you do. And you can learn to interrupt that habit and replace it with some thoughts that are hopefully more realistic and less black or white or like the world is ending, right? And so it just takes practice. My book is full of lots of those tools.
0: You know you mentioned at the beginning uh, that it's your own life that kind of led you to study and take an interest in this kind of stuff. Can you tell me more a bit about that?
1: Um yeah, sure. I mean, I um like I said was a very ambitious high-achieving young person who had a really bad bout with anxiety and depression in my late teens, as a lot of people do. Um and really had to figure out a way to manage a career that pushed me really hard, my own personality that pushes myself really hard and my anxiety and depression. And so, um, that has been something that as an entrepreneur, as someone who's worked in organizations, and now as someone who talks about this kind of stuff, I've learned just a ton about from the research and from experts. And, um, you know, I'm really trying to broaden the conversation around workplace mental health.
0: Is is anxiety more common in ambitious people, let's say?
1: I mean, that's tricky. I, you know, I don't know that there's a an instant black or white, but there there is evidence that people who are high achieving do feel more anxious. Um I think that when you push yourself and when you are constantly driving forward, anxiety is a piece of that. You know, but Anxiety is also about financial insecurity. It's about big questions in life. It's about, you know, the pandemic and all these big issues we have. And so anxiety is very, very complex. Um, And we all feel anxious for different reasons.
0: I do want to talk to you a bit about the pandemic. What impact has that had on anxiety? Clearly, um, even if perhaps the data isn't there yet, because we're still in it. Uh, clearly there must've been some connection.
1: Of course. I mean, (laughs) you know, anxiety is often about fear of loss. It's about fear of safety. It's about all the big questions, right? And the pandemic tested that and was devastating and traumatic. And so, of course, we feel anxiety. We feel anxiety about the next pandemic. We felt anxiety when all of a sudden, you know, my business, I lost 30% of my business just overnight because we did live events at my company and those just stopped and our kids couldn't go to school. So, I mean, clearly there's been a negative impact on mental health from the pandemic. I mean, I think the question is now, what have we learned? right? And how can we help people prepare and become more resilient for when the next big, huge challenge happens?
0: How do you think we can do that?
1: <laughs> I mean, I honestly, this sounds like a simple answer, but I think that schools need to do a better job at including mental health literacy, just like you would include language literacy and numbers literacy and ethics classes and, and, and economics. I think that when we understand our mental health, we have such an edge. We have such an edge. It really makes us stronger and prepares us for what life is going to throw our way, which is probably a lot of challenges, you know?
0: More, I want to talk to you a bit about your upcoming projects. What are you focusing on now? Any new books, any new talks, anything (laughs) of that sort?
1: You know, I don't know. Um I'm really at a point in my life where I'm reevaluating. I owned a business for many years. I sold it, and um I am now trying to think about that in my mid-career. So, like a lot of people out there, I'm pivoting and um, really trying to figure out what the next chapter of my life looks like.
0: I really appreciate your time and your effort. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Thank you.